Well, hi there. It's the start of another week. You're on Radio Free Oz. I'm Peter Bergman. And the madness goes on. Oh my, oh my. Well, it's a big country. You've got to expect big problems. Obama has left town. Uh, one of the reasons, says one of the commentators, is that it's just too toxic in D.C. And if you think it's going to get any more pleasant when he returns from his Midwestern bus tour, then... Everything you know is wrong. Everybody's upset about the downgrade. Standard & Poor's has downgraded the American T-bill from AAA to two large A's, one small A. I remind you once again, this was the organization that rated those mortgage-based uh, instruments, instruments based on toxic, ridiculous criminal mortgages as AAA. So I think they got their heads up their butts. But nonetheless, everybody's upset about it. And Tim Geithner is saying that their math is all wrong and everybody's going, well, here's what Felix Samet has to say. Any student of sovereign default knows that it is born of precisely the kind of failures of governance that we saw during the debt ceiling debate. That is why the U.S. cannot hold a AAA rating from S&P. The chance of having a dysfunctional Congress in the future is 100%. And a dysfunctional Congress armed with a statutory debt ceiling is an extremely dangerous thing and very far from risk-free. He says there may be some, you know, problems with S&P's uh, math, but the but the fact is, is that sovereign rating decisions are political, not economics. The economic problems are there, okay? But the real problem is that the Congress seems to believe that the debt ceiling is something that can be politicized. And that's why we've been downgraded. And the New York Times reports that in a conference call with reporters, S&P called the bitter standoff between President Obama and the Congress over raising the debt ceiling a debacle and warned that future downgrades may lie ahead. That's the problem. Those freshmen in, in the House who believe that they're doing the right thing and that they were sent to Congress to slash spending have no idea of the concomitants of their actions. They're part of the swoosh generation. Just do it. Don't worry about the effect of your actions because either it's politically correct, ideologically correct, or God is whispering in your ear. And that's why we're going down. Today's Everything You Know Is Wrong is really about the economy. It's on everybody's minds. One of the problems is that most of us aren't economists. There's a reason they call it the dismal science. I did one year of graduate work in economics. I found it so dismal. I went back into show business. But there are some good people thinking about this, and I'm going to quote a few of them. And let's just see where they're at. We'll start with Victor Lippitt, who's a professor of economics at UC Riverside. And he's, he says, occasional and repeated recessions are what we can expect in the foreseeable future. I quote Victor. Whether or not we have a double dip is beside the point. We are facing years of sluggish growth and elevated unemployment with occasional dips into recession. To deal with this situation, we need one, near-term stimulus, mainly fiscal since interest rates cannot go below zero. Well, of course, this is politically impossible because we have a Congress that won't spend a penny. All they want to do is retrench. Number two, a clearly defined medium to long-term plan to reduce the resulting indebtedness. Fine, as long as it's a reasonable plan 
and three, a new set of institutions to become firmly established. We have to create a whole new approach to how we grow the American economy. You know, th this is me now, not uh, Mr. Lippitt. The fact is, is that it's a spiritual question as much as an economic question. Are we willing to do more with less? Are we willing to invest in our grandchildren's future, in the planet, in the America they're going to live in? That's really the issue. Okay, let's go to Lucas Jackson of Reuters. He says, since President Obama failed to articulate his own medium to long-term debt reduction plan, the State of the Union, he said, was a perfect opportunity and still has not done so, he created the opening for the Tea Party to wreck its economic damage, which has become especially evident in recent weeks. The administration still has not crafted a coherent plan for infrastructure projects, absolutely, so that when spending is needed and possible, it can take action. Right. I mean, I love Obama and all of that, and I think he's the only grown-up in the group, but the fact is, where's the vision? Even if he's middle of the road, which the progressives accuse him of, and they're probably right, how about fixing the road that he's in the middle of? Since the Republicans are hindering the establishment of new institutions, healthcare reform and financial system reform, for example, institutional uncertainty will remain a damper on economic activity for a prolonged period. As for the markets this week, this is purely an example of negative investor psychology. With zero interest rates and record profits, there is no objective reason for the sell-off of stocks that we have seen. That's true. When interest rates are really low, stocks are a good buy. When interest rates are high, i.e. inflation, stocks are a bad buy. And corporate profits are a near record level. So you'd think, hey, hit them stocks. Why is gold $1,700 an ounce? Because investors don't know when the next shoe in Congress is going to fall. And Congress is an economic centipede. They're going to be dropping shoes for the next hundred years. On to another member of the dismal arts community. This is Chihan Bilgensoy, who's professor of economics at the University of Utah. And he says, chillingly, this will be a lost decade. That really gets me somewhere in my heart. The fact that I'm I'm facing, and my daughter's facing, and all of us are facing a lost decade? Well, Billingsoy says, now that Congress and the President have tied the hands of the government to stimulate the economy and express their willingness to consider the kooky idea of a balanced budget amendment, I think you're right, man, it, kooky is the best word, there is not much reason to be optimistic about the future. Consumer and investor confidence are unlikely to recover under these conditions. With or without the second dip, my forecast is persistent high employment and a lost decade. And as we've said before, the longer you're unemployed, the less the chance that you're going to be employed. There's a younger generation coming up behind you who will work for less because there's fewer jobs. You lose your network inside the working community, which is so important for improvement and also finding other jobs. Also, you lose touch with the new technology. Basically, you carry a great you on your shirt when you go in looking for a job when you're unemployed because deep down in that human resource mind, they're saying there must be a reason he or she are unemployed. Okay, let's move on to Mohammed El Aryan, author of When Markets Collide and Chief Executive of PIMCO, which is one of the largest bond houses in the world. He says, lack of 
coordination is holding us back. A recession is not the base case, but it's something that has to be monitored very carefully. The reason is this concept of stall speed. Because of the nature of our economy, it's not enough for us to have 1% to 2% growth. We need more than that. We already have a large unemployment problem that is becoming more structural in nature, and we have over-indebted sectors that need growth. So the likelihood is that we won't have a recession, but we will feel like we're in a recession. So the likelihood is that we won't have a recession, but we will feel like we're in a recession. The U.S. faces structural headwinds to growth, undermining job creation, and the safe delevering of the overstretched balance sheets. Okay, there's the problem. We're going to feel like we're in a recession. That's the feeling of the lost decade. Oh, my, my. And then there's this concept of stall speed. You know about that. Uh, an airplane can go only so slow before it stalls and begins to plummet towards Earth. Well, that's the problem with our economy. There are these crisis points, these benchmarks that we have to meet. And if we don't make that kind of progress, the economy begins to tank down and up and tank and tank and tank until there's going to be tanks in the street. I'm going to wrap up this panoply of economists by quoting Mary King, professor of economics at UC Berkeley. She says, with Wall Street dictating policy, we're doomed. I couldn't resist the special effects. It's so Dr. Infermo, we're doomed. You rarely see anybody say that. Okay, what does Mary have to say? Yes, I think that we're headed for a double-dip recession or at minimum a long, unnecessarily drawn-out period of high unemployment that is particularly destructive for young people as well as the less educated and members of ethnic minorities. I'm appalled that Obama and the Congress have pandered to feel-good, soundbite, uninformed political considerations driven by think tanks organized for the wealthy, completely abrogating their leadership responsibilities. You go, Mary. Against all the evidence of economics, the stimulus was half the size it should have been and unconscionably wasted in part on tax credits rather than being focused on big investments in physical and social infrastructure that could have made a real difference. And we should have played a far more powerful role in the financial institutions we rescued with taxpayer money, taking over management and providing real relief to homeowners in over their heads. Rather than follow up with a decent stimulus, we're pursuing a moronic policy focused on debt reduction that will create such a drag on the economy as to be utterly ineffective. Worse, the cuts are all going to be focused where they'll do the most damage. Obama needs to climb out of Wall Street's pocket and hire some decent economists. Oh, don't you pray for Lord Keynes to rise from the grave. I don't care how many people in Washington tell us that in the long run, we're going to work it all out. Because in the long run, we're all dead. And if you don't dig that, buddy, then everything you know is wrong. Is wrong.